what is going on everybody we are finally back welcome to another episode of outside the shoot i'm your host randy frame man 107 much needed days off between episodes i mean i talk about in the opening with hopi here in a bit but i felt terrible with how that last episode with aj andrews went I have one of the best in our game ever on here, an absolute amazing human being, and that drive factor just wasn't there. You know, it felt like I was going through the motions, and that's when I knew I needed a break from it. But hey, those three and a half months off have done wonders, and now we're back and ready to roll. We're actually booked up with guests right now through to the end of October, and we have some dandies coming on to chat. I'm super pumped, just like I'm pumped for this episode where we chat with past guest Blair Setford about the summer that was in the men's game. Um, We talk ISC qualifiers early on, you know, that one where Jordan Pomeroy has a ridiculous catch. Uh, ISC World Tournament, which saw the New York Gremlins take the long way to to a third world title, and of course, we talk senior men's nats, which saw an epic finals between the Toronto Batman and the Galway Hitman. And that's where the Batman dethroned the champs in a one nothing 15 inning marathon that ended on an inside the park home run. Crazy stuff. Um, before we get to the episode, I want to remind everyone that they can follow us on all social media channels. Uh, I keep those things fairly active with a, lo- with a lot of different content on there. Also, If you're on YouTube at all, subscribe to our channel there and turn those notifications on. I have some plans in the works for that platform that I think everyone may enjoy. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Lastly, if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, please leave us a review on there and click on at least two stars. (laughs) Didn't know, but apparently those ratings and reviews help. Go figure. Um, Okay, enough of me. Let's get to this episode. This is Outside the Shoot, and just like class says in our intro, anything goes. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. How are you, buddy? Holy frig, it's been a minute. It has been. 107 days since, since you I did one. Yeah. 162 for you and I. April 4th, horny. No, sorry. <laughs> Wolfie. Wolfie. <laughs> I was horny. I mean, <laughs> April 4th, Wolfie. That's crazy, man. I know. Uh, I guess we kind of needed it. Need the break. Yeah. Need the break. It's been a busy summer. And it actually, you know, you know when I it really dawned on me that I needed it was that the last one I did with AJ Andrews. Yeah. Is huge in the women's game, works for Major League Baseball. And I when I I went back when I edited the podcast, I was not into it. I it yeah. was just it That's was enough a for terrible now. terrible job on my part, I found. Oh, it's too bad. And I hated it. Sorry AJ, it was just, just I'm sure people bad. will understand. It, it is a grind, man. Not not to say that 
doing the podcast is a grind because we're just sitting in Bill's yeah. basement and, you know, yeah. having a beer and yeah. shooting the shit. But it is a grind in the summertime. Yes. It's almost impossible to, I mean, yeah. we're, we're on the ball field three nights a week with minor ball. Yep. And then Shooters League mm-hmm. is Thursday and Monday nights. And then weekends, we're hopefully playing in tournaments or practicing or whatever it is. Right. So it's extremely busy. Yeah. Speaking of minor ball, man, I got into my first. Uh, yeah, you had fun too, didn't you? Oh, that was, that was an adjustment, I've got to say. Because yeah, uh, sure I had the U9s and. You know, I've I've coached men, I've coached teenagers, yeah, like, in hockey and ball and everything. Yeah. Just like getting to, it's a whole different element when it you is. get to the U nines and yeah, that first couple of weeks was like, Oh, this is crazy. Like, yeah. But no, I loved it. Like, yeah. just uh, you know, watching how the kids started out and then how by the end of the year how they ended up was just That's what it's all about. Yeah. Like I as you know, I coached a U eleven team. Yeah. Um Going into it, I was like, man, I'm committing myself to a lot. It was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, all summer long. And as soon as Sunday rolled around, I could not wait for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Because as you said, as the kids, as we kept practicing, and I really had, I'd like to say I like to have, I really had structured practices, not just going to the ball field and kind of winging it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you did the same. And the coaches that I had with me, we all, we were all really engaged in what the kids were trying to do. And my kids not my kids, the kids from day one to provincials, the improvement was staggering. Yeah. And not only from my eyes, from the parents' eyes, from, you know, people, bystanders watching from the outside looking that the the progression from, you know, not being able to pick up a ball and throw it to being able to throw it or to make a play or to know where to go or the ball's hit. Do I stay at the base? Do I go? All of those little things. Yeah. Super important. Oh, big time. Not to mention that, that group that I coach is the 2033 Canada games team. Kids. 2033. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, progression is fantastic. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah. actually I had a, we had um, the opening thing for Harley's uh, school, like, you know, right before school, you yeah, yeah. go and meet the teacher and everything. Yeah. And uh, actually one of the kids in Harley's class was on the U9 team. And as we were leaving, she was coming through the door and she saw me and she's like, Hey, Aren't you coach Randy from, from ball? And I was like, <laughs> yes. And she ran over and gave me a big hug. Oh, and I was like, nice, Oh yeah. my God, that's so awesome. Yeah, like, that is yeah. nice. And that's just one of those things. Yeah, like, man. It's all well worth it for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I look forward to doing it again next year. Yeah. As busy as it was, I did really like it yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Man, we have a lot to talk about. Like, we do. <laughs> I, I would like to maybe throw out a just, uh, you know, maybe everybody can take a second yes. and throw out some prayers and thoughts for Kenzie Frazier. Uh, Kenzie is uh, Jeff and Jen's daughter, Brody Frazier's sister. She's going through some bone marrow transplant right now in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, she started her transplant last night. She just went through six rounds of chemotherapy leading up to that. Wow. So it's going to be a, a little bit of a struggle, obviously. Uh, of course, Jeff is a good friend of ours. And uh I was lucky enough to coach with Jeff this summer. Uh, he came to nationals with us and what a, a key man. It's, it's unbelievable. I've never had so many line change, lineup changes in a uh, game in my life. Yeah, big shoes to replace with me now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, just thoughts and prayers going out to Kenzie. Of course, uh, we're all hoping for the best and, and, uh, she, she's a, an animal man. Yeah, that that sure. kid is like stronger, more, I can't even explain There's how no strong words. that kid There isn't. No. No, she's just an amazing kid. And uh, yeah. anyway, Ken's, if you're listening, and I hope you are, your parents can tell you thoughts or prayers out to you, and, and we love you guys. And, All the best. And take care. All the best. Love you, Ken's. Now what? We have, um, we have a lot. Like I said, we do have a big docket here to get yeah. out before we have Blair on. <laughs> Did you want to touch on um, maybe the Mastodon season as it looked? Yeah. So it was kind of a, 
it was tougher for us this year only because we had such a transition from the older guys to the young guys. And eight of those young guys, uh, nine in total, I guess, with Scove, all were playing ISC ball. I know. So That's weekends amazing. were, yeah, it was amazing for sure. Weekends were very scarce for us because they were always away playing. Right. But being away playing means they're getting better. So it wasn't bad. So we had a lot of, uh, like we went to a couple of tournaments where we had to get guys to fill in spots, mm-hmm. excuse me, which were fantastic. And they were great guys, of course. And they all have aspirations of playing on the team someday. Yeah. So it, it is good. We did go to the, uh, the Carp Shootout tournament in Ottawa, which was, I won't, I won't say it was anything less than great to be Mm -hmm. honest, because the host committee, the way they put it on fantastic. Um, the people around the ballpark, it was packed like almost every game, which Mm -hmm. was fantastic. And for them to have a team from Nova Scotia, not just an Ontario based, and there was a team come back as well. I think that they really appreciated that. And the way they ran it, the facilities were fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful town. Carp is just amazing. Yeah. It's a small little rural community, but had a little brewery there and what have you. Yeah. So, And they also had a, a farmer's market going on at the same time. So the place was freaking buzzing, man. <laughs> it was good. Um, and not, the feed they had for like the, yes. the watch online was incredible. Awesome. Yeah. I had like, so many good compliments about that. Well, the amount of footage I got for, for you know, the, our social media channels for that was yeah. just awesome. It was yeah, it was fantastic. fantastic. Anyway, we uh, we ended up losing in the final. We had to take off a little early because our flights, things got all delayed yeah. there. But yeah. anyway, um, it was a great experience for us and it was a great experience for the guys to go up and play and, uh, you know, get that exposure against some auto or sorry, Ontario teams. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some good pitching there. It was, it wasn't, yeah. there was no slouches. That's no, that's right. Even Brady Woods made an appearance there for Christ's <laughs> sakes, all the way from frigging Manitoba. But anyway. Oh yeah. Speaking of, he retired. Yeah. Congratulations. Congrats. I called yeah. him a beautiful ball player on Twitter and he said, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right term. And he said, I see my mom on Saturday night at the strip joint, but anyway. <laughs> I love Brady, man. Yes, sir. I got, I was fortunate enough to see Brady out in, in BC. Good. He's such a beauty. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. Hats off to you though, Brady. Great yes. career. And uh, awesome I hope you enjoy your retirement and keep coaching and all that good stuff. Yep. Um, talking about nationals, you know, we went in there with expectations not to win the tournament by any means with yeah. our transition of, right. you know, we had 19 year olds, 20 year olds, 21, 22, 23. I mean, we have a few guys, Patrick Stewart, 37, 36, whatever he is. Mm-hmm. He was a top three hitter on our team. The guy's amazing. He had a great tournament. He's in his goddamn prime, man. I know. He better not hang it up. I, oh, man. <laughs> anyway, but then we had all those young guys that were playing, and those young guys, the way they carry themselves, and that's hats off to Jeff Frazier and Garth Perrin and Robin Eisner, because mm-hmm. those guys carried themselves like professionals the whole week. Yeah. Um, we were in every ball game. Um, going into the tournament, Justin, of course, was sick. Scope was sick going yeah. into the tournament. So it did affect him. I mean, he threw his balls off the first three games, which in hindsight, I wish we didn't have to throw them all three, but it worked out that way. It got us in. into the playoffs. And then we came up and, uh, you know, we made it to the playoffs, which was our goal. Get to the playoffs and hope to play on Sunday. Yep. And we played against a very tough Grand Prairie team. Uh, you know, they finished seventh the ICs. Very good team. No slouches at all. And we went nine innings in a 2-1 victory. Such a good game. It was a great game. Um they had opportunity. We had opportunity. They made plays. We made plays. And we just happened to score on a, actually it was a, a ball hit to the first baseman, but we had the right guy at third. Nick, yeah. Nick Wayne was running. I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of fast. He's kind of quick. Yeah. <laughs> and he beat the play out. So at any rate, that game ended and we had to play 20 minutes after that against Galloway. Right. Now, I don't want to take away anything from Bear Creek, but Bear Creek beat Galloway in the double life game. Okay. Yep. So we by winning that game against Craig Prairie had to play the loser of that double life game. Never in 1 million years did I expect that we'd be playing Galloway. 
It's true. So they're a pretty good hitting team. Mm. We just thought that our chances against Bear Creek, um, you know, versus Riley Mannion, who is uh, uh, the next Justin Schofield in my mind. Yep. He's got that build. and Even has a, a look. The, the mustache. Yeah, the, yeah, and he throws hard, man. <laughs> But I thought that our chances against uh, Bear Creek, especially with friggin' Brucey after he dislocated his shoulder, That's he was right. out of that, um, were a bit better. And, and not because that they're a bad team by any means, mm. but Galloway just flat out goddamn hits. Yeah. In the daylight, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm only saying that because we're going to lead into that, obviously. Yeah, I know. Um, but anyway, we, we came up against Galloway, and I think that obviously if if we had a, had a fresh Justin Schofield perhaps, and you know if we had a couple other bats in the lineup going, that we may have given them a better game than the yeah, 7-1 yeah. game, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But anyway, I was very pleased. You know, I have a lot of people come up to me and say, oh, you must be upset about... No, man. No. I don't think you see the big picture. No. You know, we got playoffs this year. I, I totally expect our team to be playing on Sunday next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and moving forward, I, I think that will be, uh, you know, a team to to reckon with type thing. Yep, yeah, for sure. And the funny thing is, I mentioned to you at the field the other night was, uh, you know, that game against Grand Prairie. Yeah. And how good scope is at getting out of jams? jams. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. man, the guy is just. The guy's money. Ruthless when it comes to getting out of jams. I love yeah. it. But I mean, as a coach for you, it must just be like, oh, why are we in this jam? (laughs) Yeah. You know, that that game, (laughs) you're only allowed so many visits, right? Yeah. And we had to play it like, okay, like Jeff and I would be talking on the bench and Woody and we say, okay, this time you, when you go out, bring a water ball in your back pocket. Cause he used a huff and a puff out there, the big fella. So I'd, I'd call time. I'd walk towards Frank, who was the umpire Mm -hmm. and I don't want to give it away, but knowing how many visits I'm allowed, but I would go up and ask because I'm trying to give Justin a little bit more time. Yep. And then I'd nonchalantly hobble out to the mound because I do have a bad knee. (laughs) And then I'd get out there and Frank wouldn't follow me at that point because he's giving me my time. So I get out there, give Justin his water, just talk, shoot the shit a little bit. He's like, okay. Justin's like, okay, thanks, Chris. Thanks for the water, man. (laughs) Huffing up, I would get out of it, walk back to the dugout. And then Justin hurt his arm. Yes. He popped uh, something and I witnessed it happen, but instead of me heading right out, I walked to Frank. I said, Frank, am I allowed to go out to the mound? Does this not count as a, a visit, right? Because he's injured. He goes, no, no, you can go out. So I nonchalantly hobbled out to the mound again, <laughs> taking my sweet ass time. So Justin could gain more exposure. Yeah. Or no, sorry. His composure. <laughs> and then let him pitch again. And then, you know, maybe that helped. I, I think it did because he had more time out there than the game lasted like seven hours, it seemed. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, Sco- Scope was an animal. Actually, I meant to tend. I was going to. You just brought that up about Scope getting hurt. And yeah. watching it, I was like, he's hurt. Yeah. Because he kept lift. He kept. Like yeah. lifting his arm up and doing this. I was like, something's wrong there. And I actually meant to send you a text. Yeah. I forgot. I mean, you had locked his arm on. was stuck in a, a bent position. Like, oh, like, well, I nobody can yeah, see yeah. it, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> in a bent position. His forearm wow. looked like it was about nine inches wide and but it was stuck in a, in a bent position. Yeah. Jeez. He did hurt himself a little bit. He pitched a lot this summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He yeah, had a he fantastic did. summer, but Definitely yeah. Anyway, nationals to me. Fantastic. I, I was more than pleased with the the outcome for us. Yep. Um, you know, speaking of the nationals, so the venue itself, second to none. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Cloverleaf Ballfield with the bar in the middle. I mean, when everybody talks about Circle Tap and yeah. Sask and, you know, yes, they are beautiful. Softball City is unbelievable. Yeah. Beautiful. The only downfall, the lights. Right. 
And I think that was evident in the final finals. Yeah. Uh, I, as I told you earlier, I'm, I'm coaching third and you know, somebody hits a ball, not that I can see very well. All you can see is a puff of dust and you cannot see the ball. I don't know how anybody could see the ball. Like a lot of our guys would complain that I can't see the spin on the ball. Like I can't pick up the spin. And I think that might've been evident in the championship game right. and not to take away from Ty Sebastian, Ty or Toronto or, Batman, or Sean. but a, a one, nothing game, 24 strikeouts for Sean, 22 strikeouts for Ty. The Newfoundlanders do not strike out 22 times. True. I mean, let's yeah. fact is fact. That team is, they can flat out hit. Right. I think that, and I'm not taking away from Ty because no, Ty is a no, fantastic, you know, he's world-class. He's a team Canada member. Same as Sean, both the same way, you know, 24 and 22 strikeouts is a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. I know it was 15 innings, but I think the lights played a huge difference in that, in that championship game. Well, and the fact that it ended on an inside the park home run. Yeah. Like, What's the friggin' yeah. odds of that happening? Although he was running like a deer. He was running pretty fast. <laughs> Man, yeah. That was pretty fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about too, just and I know I'm talking a lot right now, but the the concessions at Softball City. Mm. So I know that they're hosting the ISCs next year. I think there needs to be a change with their concessions. Because it's not conducive to attracting young and old Expensive. to come and watch ball games. It, it was crazy. Like a hot dog was seven bucks. Wow. To buy a beer, depending on what, what beer you purchased, it was either eight, nine, or ten dollars for a beer. I mean, oh it, this isn't a major oh. league stadium. No, I no, mean, no. they're fourteen dollars when you go to Toronto. Yeah, true. But, but at the same time, like you're you're not making it attractive for a family to come and, and watch a ball game. No, that's right. You know, when you sit your ass in the seat and have a ballpark frank and a, yeah. like a sausage was eight bucks and you know, it was just it was a little bit too more ex- or too expensive for a lot of people's likings, and I'm not the only one that was complaining about it. Right. Um other than that, I mean everything was great around the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing too, and I just want to talk a little bit about it is the whole idea around coaches meetings. There was 13 teams at this tournament and you know, we had to get our bats tested. Yep. Sure. Let's get the bats tested. You have to do flips for home games. Let's just do our flips for home games. But then we sit through the, and I know everybody will talk about this. We sit through the umpires going on about hustle on and off the field. If the dark ball, I'm going to throw the dark ball out. You know, it used to be the shoot. You got to be inside the shoot. Um, the, the catcher rule coming out, which I agree with, by the way, the mm. catcher can only come out the whatever for right. one conference or you have to bring the umpire with you to yep. talk about signals or whatever. Yep. But let's not sit there. We're all adults. You know, we raised $45,000 this summer to go to two tournaments, Ottawa and BC. Yep. I'm not going to go out to BC or none of the kids that play with us are going to go to BC and not hustle on and off the field. Correct. We're professionals. Yep. Every team that was there was professional. I don't think an umpire had to yell out, hey, hustle on, hustle off to anybody. Mm-hmm. But it's brought up at the coaches meeting. And I, I truly think it's a waste of time. Okay. And dark balls. Yeah. You know, the ball's dark. Throw it out. Yep. It's not a new rule. The rules have been rules for years. If it's dark, get rid of it. We'll get a new ball in the game. One thing they did do very well was they roughed up probably a few dozen balls. So that we're always a rough ball coming and not a brand new one. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, I was going to touch on the UIC a little bit, but I don't think I'll, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I'm sure people are listening that, uh, you know, we're there and yeah, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my only point is, you know, yeah, you're the UIC, but, uh, I think you should treat everybody cordial. Right. Welcome to BC perhaps not, yeah. uh, on the UIC and we're throwing balls out and hustle, hustle and that's it. <laughs> don't anybody fucking talk to me. There you go. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to, before we get to Blair, I mean, we've been rambling on here for a bit. But, well, I have uh, yeah, it's, all, it's all good. Uh, I got to talk about Cam Weatherby and, and yes. G, G, Garth, Garth Fern. Yeah. Getting bronze at the U18 Pan Ams as part of Team Canada. Yeah. Unbelievable. Fantastic. Congrats to them. I watched quite a bit of that tournament. Yeah. It was, uh, 
it was fun to watch. Goddamn right it was. It was really fun to watch. Uh, Cam had a great tournament. He did. Clutch hits. Yeah. And a lot of people might not know this. He didn't start playing softball until last year. I know. He's just an athlete. Like, I mean, he played baseball. Baseball. But, but I mean, how like how often, especially from here in Canada, guys going from baseball to softball and having yeah, that it, kind of success. It's a big difference. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I've told I've told people around the field this. Played with Cam last year in the Tide Fest tournament. Yeah. When I was playing with Brookfield. And I, I didn't know Cam at that point. Right. And he got up, he hit a home run. And I remember saying to Woody, I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Cam Weatherby. And it was his swing. He has probably the one of the best swings I've ever seen in the game. Yeah. It's just. He's going to be good. Oh, man. I mean, a lot of his success this year came from the tutelage of Jeff Frazier, obviously. Yeah, yeah. With yep. Playing with the That's right. The U23 he was with the U23 team. team. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, that was just yeah. a great tournament. And of course, you know, G getting to go there. Oh, amazing, just, man. And he gets to go to Mexico now. Yeah. Both of them. Love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love them too. F- fantastic. Congratulations to both you guys. Oh, G's going to love the food in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think G-, G has a hard time loving food anywhere, to be honest. <laughs> and the cold street. Love you, G. <laughs> <laughs> the twisters. Uh, yeah. Um, one other thing before we go. I want to uh, maybe touch on the state of the game here in Nova Scotia. I mean, yeah. as far as I can see, I think uh, numbers have gone up. This past summer, as far as uh, a minor ball, you mean minor ball? Because I noticed uh, over in Anaganish, yeah, they had like 50 some U9 girls playing. And I mean, I saw that from from the Dork clan over there, yeah, posting on uh, yeah, social media. And I mean, th- I mean, that's just the girls, yeah, they had 10 U11 teams. That's 10, that's fantastic, it's so good, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, so Jimmy Carr and uh, actually Pudge's brother, Barry Purcell. Oh, okay. Yeah. They kind of head up the U11 programs down there. Right. Uh, from what I understand, um, they've been doing a fantastic job. Just Good. unbelievable. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Hats off to those guys. Keep it going. That's the thing. Yep. We've... Now, growth in our province needs to get further into. Yep. I had a conversation with a guy from Cole Harbor today, actually. And the girls' game is super strong in Cole Harbor. Yep. Actually, it was Jerry Tully. Oh, and, Jerry. Love the guy. Yeah. And, uh, there's no boys ball in the city at all. No. But I did see a post on the Holland Park Facebook page where they have girls and boys playing at a young level. It oh, do been, they? It might have been learn to play or U9 or something, but it would be awfully nice to Either see way, that yeah. start back up in that area. Yeah. Like, I would love that. Because, I mean, Metro Halifax is predominantly girls. <sighs> yeah. for, for softball, yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, if we can get the, the guys going in there again, that would be, that'd be you know, awesome. I was thinking about this yesterday, not because of the podcast coming up, but just because I love the sport so much you know, there are a lot of boys playing baseball and I get it. Mm. Baseball. Yes. Blue Jays, Red Sox, go Red Sox. All of those teams that are out there, you know, it's very visible for those kids to see them because they're on TV all the time, you know, but as you get older, where are you going to go play baseball? Right. You, You know, you typically will revert to law ball or try to find an intermediate league baseball team somewhere, but there, I don't think there are very many. Right. When you look at our sport, you have four senior teams playing in a shooter's league. You have four intermediate teams playing in a shooter's league. Those spots are the kids that are coming up through minor ball are starting to filter into our leagues. Mm -hmm. You have adults like yourself and myself walking around with masks on hats, masks on jackets, masks on Mm t-shirts. I don't see any older people walking around with 
That's whatever right. the baseball team may be in, yeah. the, in the local. I mean, I'm not going to take away the fact that they're doing a good job with getting kids out and playing a sport. Yep. But I just think I, I wish the realization was there of how great and the opportunity we have in our sport. Like how many kids have gone away to U18 in Columbia in baseball mm. from East Hans or from our area? Yeah. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Brody Frazier, Cam Weatherby have gone for for fast pitch from our area alone. Bubba. Bubba. Yeah. yeah. Rowan. Rowan. Tons of them. Anyway, lots of them. I just think that opportunity is there for our sport. We just need to figure out how to promote it more. That's right. How to get the eyes on them. Like how to, like my nephew, for example, he played U11 with us three years ago. He was playing baseball Oh, okay. and I hated his mother and father, because, <laughs> <laughs> but to get him to transition over, like his parents even say, well, I don't understand why the kids are not playing this sport. Yeah. It, it, man, that's a great lead in, lead into the shooters league because I almost forgot about our shooters league. Oh gosh, yeah. And you brought up the fact that you know we split our league into two divisions this year. Yeah. I mean, that was a we could hold did a whole podcast on that in April. Like, Holy fuck! Yeah. <laughs> that, that was horrible. I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? Yeah. But to see the benefits that the U seventeen Elks got from oh, it, no question. Like we're in the finals with them right now. Yeah. And You're going to have a challenge to beat them. Well, I'm telling you right now, we're in, we're continuing where we left off on Monday night when we got rained out. Yeah. Will Singer standing on third base when we. He's probably still game. standing there. <laughs> with, with his father. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, man, like uh, when we first start the season, we start the season against Brookfield. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, I it, like. They were swinging at everything. Like it was so well, they, easy. They've never to, seen a rise ball. Before. It was so easy to pitch against them. Yeah. As of right now, in the going in the finals, they've won three games in a row against us. Wow. No, sorry, three of four. They've right. won three of four. Yeah. Against, against us. Yeah. And we've, and that's including tournament. Yeah. We've only lost two games all year. Wow. So. That's great progression. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like I guess that says a lot for what we're offering them. Exactly. Yeah. And. And, you know, not only, not only the young guys, like no. the guys on our team that have come back and played softball. Yeah. I know it's like, you know, Patty and Craig Benedict and, you know, Connor McKay and you know, yeah. guys like that, that have come back and I can tell they're having fun. Freaking right there. And, and that's another thing of us, you know, splitting this up. I Like now, now that I see the big picture, I love it. Yeah. Like, it was tough at first. It was tough at first. It like was, you yeah. even asked me at that meeting, you're like, are you okay? Like something's wrong. Yeah. Cause I was like, <laughs> well, you were crying. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? But <laughs> no, but now that I see the big picture, yeah. I can't wait for to like, to see how this like progress. Like, I think we could like, especially in the intermediate league, we could have six teams in there. I hope we do. I really do. The biggest issue with anything is pitching. Correct. Obviously. Correct. But I mean, Keep those young guys throwing. Keep the young guys throwing. Like, yeah. Look, Keegan Maguire, MVP of our intermediate league. That kid's flat out going to be good, man. Yeah. Just like his dad. Yeah. Old Casey. Old Caser. Yeah. Anyway, it is good. I'm I'm proud of the way it turned out. I mean, as shitty as the summer was, I mean, how many rainouts did we have? 24 oh, canceled games, intermediate, 20 so some. But I mean, we made it up as best lot. we could. But I, I think that our league progression wise is moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not going to take all the credit for that two league thing, because obviously was, there was a lot of discussion around that with Jeff and Scoff and, and yeah. trying to make it better for, for everyone, of course. Yeah. And and we get into, we kind of get backed into a corner because we're trying to, you know, it's, it's the ninth hour and we're trying to friggin' get this all figured out so we can put something together to get enough teams in the league. But anyway, I'm glad that 
we have those guys to look to and they look to us as well. Yep. Um, I mean, suggestions are fantastic when they work. Sometimes they don't always work the, the way that we want them to, but in this case, it it did work. Big time. It's very favorable Big for time. us. Yeah. Can't wait. Going no, forward. I can't either, man. Hopefully we can beat the U17 team. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Man, this has been a long intro. You we're, know what? It's, it's well deserved. minutes and... I'm probably going to head out. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I do want to say one more thing. <laughs> okay. I got to tell you about my fucked up day a little bit. All right. Just before we get to Might Blair. Might as well get to Blair, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my day started as... my I'm, I'm just jumping in the shower. My wife is heading to the city uh, because we're going to Toronto this weekend. Today's Wednesday. Yep. We're going to Toronto Friday to watch uh, Red Sox Toronto play Friday and Saturday, as I mentioned to you. So my wife wanted to go to the city and get a couple things or whatever. <laughs> So I'm just getting ready to jump the shower. She comes down, opens the door. Uh, the dance studio got broken into last night. I got to go. I was like, okay. So she leaves. I'm like, fuck, I didn't even have time to digest what just happened. <laughs> so she leaves and she goes to the studio or whatever. Anyway, she calls me back. She said, yeah, someone broke the handle off the back door, broke in. She said, but Chris, last night when I got home, all I could think about was I got to text Jen, make sure the front door's locked. Oh my God. I don't know if I locked the front door. Oh, shit. Did I lock the front door? She said when they called her this morning, all she could think of was her body went numb. She goes, I didn't lock the fucking front door. <laughs> she did lock the front door. Oh, they okay. broke the handle. So she was super nervous. Anyway, they, these dummies, they go in there. They stole a cash register with no money in it. And, you know, stupid fucking shit. <laughs> they left all the stereos there, laptops. They're just idiot. I think they caught them, by the way. Oh, good. So anyway, that's done. So then I, I, I work all day. I, you know, it's just before supper time. I go to the gym and my phone rings. It's my wife. Uh, someone just backed into, or someone just hit my car three times. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> three times. She said she was in Frenchies. Okay. And somebody yelled out, uh, does somebody with license plate CYJ, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, yeah, that's me. And she walks up. My wife is very meek and mild. Like yeah, yeah. you won't need to meet a nicer person. Oh, yeah. And she goes, uh, was I parked in the wrong spot? I apologize if I didn't realize she goes, no, some man just hit your car three times. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the girl goes, yeah, we got it all on video. <laughs> so she goes outside and it turned out this guy, this older fellow and God love him. He, <laughs> he was 84 years old oh. and he's driving a great big Jesus, his son's company truck or something. <laughs> Well, he hit it once, scraped the bumper, hit it again, scraped the bumper more, and then hit it again harder, fucking pushed the bumper in and tore the taillight off. <laughs> but then he left. He drove away. He didn't even know. No. So then some other guy got in his vehicle and followed the guy and made him come back. So anyway, they got back and oh, turned, wow. it turned out, it worked out okay. We talked to the father's, yeah. his son and stuff. So anyway, that's fine. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's a uh, bit of a fucked up day. Yeah. <sighs> And then I just found out, nowhere to lie, that uh, my counterpart that works in the Valley, which is an hour away from me, quit today. So I am taking over sales in the Valley as well, which is an hour away from me. So it's been a fucked up day. Okay. Let's get to Blair. Let's get to Blair. <laughs> Here we go. We are happy to have back on with us. I think what's Blair? Is this your fourth time? Third time? Fourth time? Can't remember. But either way, it's fourth, it's been a while. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It, you know what? It's, it's always great to be in with you guys, and, and really appreciate uh, the fact that uh, I'm your first one back. I, I have missed you guys over the summer. Yeah, yeah. We, we need a little bit of a break. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It was uh, understood. A yeah. lot going yeah. on, and well deserved too, guys. What'd yeah, you do about 107 you. in a row? Hundred, well, hundred. You're this is 135. So, holy cow! Well, you definitely guys, you guys definitely deserve a break, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
Anyway, I appreciate that. That's uh, that's awesome. Uh, it's just going to be a summer recap. I mean, we have a lot to talk about. It was a busy summer. Um, I think the best place to start is the beginning of the summer because I, I know there was a, a lot of qualifiers going on, you know, especially up in Ontario. Maybe uh, if you want to touch on that, Blair, I mean, that's a good good place to start. Yeah, I mean, there was a whole bunch of tournaments. The tournament schedule up here starts uh, in, in early May. Toronto Batman won a couple of the early events and have set themselves up nicely for the Canada East qualifier. Uh, that was the Father's Day weekend. That's our traditional weekend in mid-June. We were in Mitchell. And uh, the Batman, they ended up finishing third. They picked up a big win over Hill United along the way. Uh, the Stompers beat Bear Creek. Niagara Stompers beat Bear Creek in the finals of, of the qualifier and avenged last year's loss. Right. It was almost a repeat of last year, though. The Express tied it in the seventh. And I thought, oh, geez, here we go again at the end of a long weekend. We're headed for extra innings again. <laughs> the Stompers managed to walk it off in the bottom this year. Uh, I don't cheer for teams. Joe and I, we don't, we never cheer for any teams. We just cheer for the mercy rule. And I know that sounds kind of harsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You're when you put in 32 hours at the park in two days, you're cheering for a mercy. That's so true, though. I mean, Hopi is umpiring last year. You probably. Oh, Jesus. I wanted to be over in three innings. Uh, anyway. Actually, that uh, I, I have in my notes here that that Mitchell qualifier, uh, Blair, the. Uh, I got to talk about Jordan Pomeroy's catching that. Cause I mean, that, oh my gosh, that got a lot of attention on social media. <laughs> oh, did it ever get a lot of attention? It got picked up. Well, I think you guys clipped it out first Yeah, yeah. and, and posted it and, and kudos to you guys for doing that. And then it got picked up by something. Was it John boy, John boy? Or something? I don't know. I've never They're heard huge guys, in the States. Yeah. And, and the last I heard was over 2 million views, which is just yes. absolutely insane. Same. Great exposure. Um, the the local uh, newspaper in St. John's did a story on Jordan after it got picked up because he said he was getting recognized in the grocery store. Yeah. People were coming up to him. Yeah, we uh, we played it up again uh, at the at the Canadians again this year because Peter was just amazed still by the clip. And every time I see it too, it's just like, how did he actually catch that ball? Yeah, it was incredible. Well, the, the best thing about the whole like when John Boy posted it is their comment on it was why is everyone involved act, acting like this was normal because yeah was joe on the call there yeah joe did the call and <laughs> you know he didn't uh he didn't oversell it <laughs> i guess and, he didn't um, you know but i mean just even jordan was so casual about it i mean he just 100%. kind of flipped the ball from his glove to his bare hand and then yeah. tossed it over to uh, i guess it was quentin yeah i think who uh, who appeared on the screen and it was just you know, super casual. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was anything but. Yeah. And it, it, the funniest thing for me was going through all the comments on Twitter on the John Boys account because, you know, there was so many comments about, you know, Scoff and his pit. Like, that's an illegal pitch. That's an illegal pitch. Of course, oh, yeah. you know, being from yeah, the you States. People who haven't seen a game in 40 years. <laughs> and then, uh, but they, they yeah. certainly know the pitching rules. And then yeah. comments about, you know, that's when Scoff had his 
stash going in full full effect and <laughs> yeah. Wondering, yeah. Wondering, wondering if it was kenny powers from eastbound and down and oh my god i had just a, i was sending scope some screenshots of twitter <laughs> twitter posts <laughs> oh it was just hilarious i loved it i loved it but uh yeah that was a that was a great tournament to watch online and uh who was was luciano and softball premier covering that one I'm trying yeah, to camp. Yeah. They were. Uh, AJ Moses and his Live Well for Life and uh, and his dad's company, uh, Microchip Solutions, they they covered uh, bringing Luciano in. And uh, and it's just great to have Luciano at all of these uh, events along the way. Uh, you know, we did the Chiefs Challenge the next week as well from Simcoe. And just the exposure that, that he helps us bring. And um, he and Carol are such wonderful, wonderful people to work with, too. They're, they're Luciano, he's honestly like he's doing the job of about six, seven different people right. from a major league uh, production, yeah. and he does all of it himself. That's unreal. and I don't think people really fully grasp how much work he's doing behind the scenes. But uh, trust me, it is it is world class what he's doing. It, yep. it, it's funny that you, like because. In my notes in front of me right now, I said we need to talk about softball premier TV and the job Luciano and his crew do because it's amazing. Oh yeah, I mean, he's he's the producer, he's the director, he's the sound guy, he's the graphics guy, he's the replay guy, he is the shot selector. The there, there's half a dozen jobs or more. Like he's a whole truck. And when when professional guys talk about down in the truck, um, yeah, that there's a, there's a truck full of literally a transport truck size thing, that's a that's a, a, a production suite, and there's eight nine ten people in there. Luciano is taking up seven eight of those jobs himself. <laughs> that's unreal. Do you think moving forward, because uh, I know a lot of my family members and people at home, they loved watching the games, obviously from Surrey on on softball premier tv do you think moving forward that that will be a regular for those guys to take care of all the canadian national tournaments well, not all of them sorry all the senior tournaments well the guy who's in charge of saskatoon next year cornered me uh, on the last day and said what do we need to do to get you guys to come to saskatoon? oh shit awesome so those conversations are already happening so fantastic yeah. so fantastic yeah. i mean yeah that, that covers it's, it's not it's not a done deal and i don't want to you know yeah you know what under pressure but those conversations have already started yeah, yeah at least it started that's great that's so fantastic. I love it. Yeah. That's, man, I can't speak enough about, you know, the job they do and, and. Well, Randy, you and I know we love watching ball <laughs> and for them to produce what they produce and what they put out. It's like even the U18s that we just watched. Yeah. Unbelievable. I yeah. mean, you can't understand the goddamn word they're saying, but <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you know, he flew overnight from yeah. Vancouver yeah. down to, and it was a milk run. I think he went Vancouver, Seattle. Miami, somewhere else, somewhere yeah, else, and then a five-hour car ride to uh, to wherever they were in Colombia. Yeah. So, yeah, he had to leave know, the finals did. at Senior Nats, did he not? Yeah, oh, sadly, that um, yeah. rain five-hour rain delay just shot his schedule yeah. uh, to pieces. And um, now we were set up on the main diamond, and they moved the game anyway. And, and yeah. I don't know that we would have been able to move everything over, but uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Is what it is. (laughs) We'll get into that down the line here. (laughs) Sure, but yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, So I mean, we did the Chiefs Challenge too, and I'll tell you something. The Chiefs Challenge got my first in-person look at Jack Westgrove, and guys, it's for real. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This guy's ball. I haven't seen movement like this thirty years. 
Wow. Really? I mean, there's guys who have great rise balls, great drop balls. Yes, that curve. You know, there's guys who throw a curve ball. This kid's ball moves on the vertical axis and on the horizontal axis every pitch. Amazing. Man. And he's got to change up. It's, <laughs> and he throws hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And he's not going to be 20 years old till December. That's I know, stupid. That's unreal. Like, he can still play U23 yeah. for two more years. Yeah, probably the next cycle. Yeah. yeah. That's unreal. Like, Oh, it's, and he's a nice kid too. I got to talk briefly, but I got to talk to him oh, at, on Sunday at the hall of fame breakfast. He's, he's a nice kid. I have, um, I have him lined up to come on the podcast. I've had him lined up since probably April, May, but of course we took yeah. the break and I was, I was, I would have did it over the summer, you know, just to get it, to done. Get it done. Yeah. But the schedule, yeah. it, nothing was lining up. And then, Oh, I, 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 no, we've been, te- we've been texting back and forth. And I said, yeah, you know, cause he went to Japan pretty much right after he's in, he's in Japan right, right now. Yeah. 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 So no, it's in the works. We're definitely going to have Jack on here. Cause um, <laughs> he has, uh, we have a lot to talk about with him, even though yeah, he's, no he's said, uh, <laughs> even though he's only 19, he's definitely uh but the, the thing that with me, he reminds me so much of yourself. No, thank God. <laughs> but uh, a combination of in 2009, yeah, just that, just, just that, that one game. game. Jesus Christ! But uh, a combination of Adam and Cheese all in one. Like it's, you know, being a lefty and just how hard he throws, like Adam did, like does. But yeah, but especially yeah. I, in Adam's I mean, he's, prime, he's not the hardest thrower. Like he throws hard. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, Skull throws harder. A couple other guys throw harder. Marco Diaz, but. Um, it's the movement. Mm. It's standing behind home plate and his balls moving six, eight inches on both axes. It's ridiculous. Now, did you expect the gremlins to go on the run in the summer that they did, you know, considering, you know, the competition. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great question. It's a fair question. And I I talk with Greg leather a lot. We text all the time. Um, at the outset of the season, he and I were talking about, you know, there's four, five, six teams that can beat each other at any, at any time. And, you know, and when we saw that in the opener at, uh, at Simcoe under the lights, Riley Mannion, Justin Schofield, Bear right. Creek, they beat the gremlins, yep. but then they went on this roll for the rest of the summer. <laughs> the rest it was of summer. crazy. And, uh, and then they ran into to Bear Creek again on, on Thursday. And, and I mean, our little, chat group with some of the broadcast crew we talked about who can beat the gremlins and we had it down to sean and huemo and that was it yep well it makes sense um, <laughs> you know it's you, you looked at who who had been doing what over the course of the summer and the the, the chiefs pitching staff was never a hundred percent there was always either injury or or somebody just wasn't quite at a hundred percent yet I don't even think Waymo was healthy the entire season. Um, he certainly wasn't throwing anywhere near his best in uh, in uh, in June in Mitchell or in Simcoe. And uh, I, I had heard through the grapevine he had a bit of a respiratory. It, was, it wasn't COVID or anything like that, but he um, he had some illness and obviously he had some arm problems and, and some back issues at the World Tournament. And, throwing 200 pitches in that one game certainly didn't help. No, <laughs> no, but, no. um, 
yeah, so he was not healthy the, the whole season. And I don't even think he was healthy at the World Cup, to be honest. He just he didn't look right to me at the World Cup all the way back in Auckland in December. So No. He yeah, he looked human. <laughs> yes, that, that's that's a that's a pretty good description. Oh yeah. That. I mean freak we were, like the last two years prior, three years prior, he's just been lights out. So yeah, I mean, he was he was pretty much unhittable through the ISCs, that's for sure, and, and the, the even the Pan Am qualifier before that. Yeah. Now, actually, a question I want to to ask it, Blair: Was there anybody you know going into the ISCs, you know, besides Jack, of course, that you thought had a breakout season in your eyes, like going into it, you're like, oh, this guy may, might make some noise. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, we all felt that the Chiefs were going to go as far as Michael Hall or Braddock was going to take them. And, and, you know, he even wasn't 100% healthy going into the world tournament. He was nursing a leg injury that um, they had sustained a couple of weeks earlier. But I thought, you know, the, here was his opportunity. He was stepping up to a, uh, a top team. And, and he's the guy that's got all the skills and all the pitches and everything. So I was not that I was hoping for more, but I thought that Michael certainly was primed for uh, to lead the Chiefs along. Scott Patterson for the Chiefs, his first year up here in North America, he had a really good year, mm-hmm. and and I thought played very well. Um, Ty Sebastian. It's funny. I mean, we all know how good Ty is. He's never actually really done it at the ISC, but he went three and zero at the ISC and, and got Toronto to uh, to the to uh, to Friday, and uh, and made the all world second all world team. So a bit of a breakout for Ty at the world tournament, at least. Right. We know what he can do at the Canadians, and we saw that at the Canadians. Um, you know, Quentin Bruce showed that he's for real. All, oh, yes. uh, all American again, all world again, all Canadian again. So, Hello? as expected uh, in, in some regards, but also there were some guys who I thought had uh, some really good, uh, good, really good years, and uh, there was an opportunity for them to to continue that through to the end of the year. So I think Riley Mannion is a guy that uh, I want to keep an eye on for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Randy and I were kind of talking about Riley. <clears throat> He's kind of got that. Uh, to me, he's the second coming of Justin Schofield. He's just that big, burly, throws hard, got the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great uh, that's a great analogy. Because yeah, he uh, he looks like Scope absolutely, yeah. and and a lot of similarities there. I think him being on the team this year on Bear Creek with uh, with Scope and with Sean. Yeah. I hope, and I'm pretty sure he did because he's, he's a good kid and he's uh, he went there for a specific reason. But I'm sure he learned a lot. Yep. What I'd love to see for him now will be to go somewhere and, and take all that and, and to go be the guy somewhere, not to be the number three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what he, I actually don't know what Riley is doing next year, but um, but I think there's a big opportunity in front of him for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And I think the same goes, you know, speaking locally here, you know, Nick White got to play with Hill United as well. I mean, he didn't see much time, but the experience that he would have got being around those guys, that, like if he was to go with, you know, like with Brody and Woody and them with Alveston and get more playing time, I th- you know, that would be beneficial to him. But I, I'm pretty sure that he gained quite a bit of experience, you know, being on the bench with Bradley and, and guys like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he's got a great group to live to uh, to learn from there. Um, as I understand it, he's going to go back to Hill United again for, for 2024. Be a little bit different, right? Outfield, um, you know, with some of the changes that are going on, and we can we can drop some rumors if you will, if you, if you want. Drop a player, uh, drop, drop it. it. <laughs> All right. Well, and again, let me let me just uh, because of the industry that I'm in, let me put a disclaimer in here. Um, it's all rumor. It may or may not be true, but um, you, you may see some changes over uh, over the course of the winter that come on. I'm told that Quentin Bruce is going back to uh, to Hill United, and and you can almost think of this as a one for one swap. Um, again, just rumors. Yeah. But I'm hearing that Adam Falkert is going over to Bear Creek. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's a big one for one trade, though. I mean, you know, yeah, pretty big one. Yeah. If this yeah. was Trade Center on, uh, you know, for yeah, if, if it wow. was Trade Center, that would be uh, that would be a pretty good one. Wow, that'd be a blockbuster for sure. Wow, that's that's a uh, wow. Okay. I, I did hear the full card rumor when we were away, but I didn't hear about Brucey going to Hill. Hmm. Okay. So I, Quentin did your show, I think. Yep. Yep. And. He talked about Hill United being his favorite team growing up. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, growing up? But I thought about it. We've been covering Hill United since 2012. Yep. And Quentin would have been about 13, 14. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right. Then. So, yeah, growing up, I can <laughs> so see it makes how. Sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does. It makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Any other rumors, Blair? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a few. Uh, Lenny Diavazo going to the Chiefs as well. JB unfortunately uh, won't won't be having a team next year, so their players are dispersing. Um, Lenny Diavazo, Roman Godoy, apparently going from JB up to the Chiefs, and Marco Diaz going to the Chiefs as well. So wow, um, wow, that uh, gives them a rotation of. Uh, uh, of Hall of Braddock, uh, Diaz, and Roman Godoy. That's pretty good. Wow, that is really good. It's pretty weird for us to talk about Folkart going to Bear Creek away from Hill. Yeah. I only remember, really, I only remember Andrew, or, uh, Folkart playing yeah. in Hill. This is very yeah. strange. Yeah, I mean, it's the same for, for a lot of those guys. I, I yeah. think it was strange seeing Jason Hill in oh, yeah. their uniform other than the Chiefs because all those guys have been there for 10 years. That's probably. right. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I, I, I do remember Adam from, from the Jarvis days. Yeah, yeah, of course. Shales from the Jarvis days. But they've been original Hill United Chiefs, and, and that team got formed really around Nick and Steve and uh, and Adam and yeah. a few other guys. Yeah. Man. Wow. Wow, those are, that's some big rumors right there. I'm so old. if Adam goes to Bear Creek, that gives them four pitchers on their pitching staff. Well, like I said, I, I don't know where no, I'm just saying Riley if, Mannion is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Hypothetically. I, mean, maybe he's saying, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's right. Hypothetically, that, that means be, somebody's got to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, well. So, I guess. We'll see. The, on the move. We'll see. Yeah, on the move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's another thing. That's another thing. That's another thing. Exactly. Yes, we haven't actually talked about that. That's. That is awesome. The yeah. fact that he did, like, that's one of those things, you know, he might've thought like, oh, this is just something that, but you and know what? Is, it's, adds it's awesome. More, yeah. It adds more structure to our game. Yes. I, I love it. It's, yeah. it's so professional. It's so professional. Just like me. It, it's professional looking, but it also just gets people talking. Right? I mean, you guys do a great job of this with your show. 
Lucianos uh, bring it to the internet coverage, and, and which is yeah. it's more and more exposure. Right? Love it. Yep. Love it. Love it. Yep, for sure. Um, so, Blair, going into the ISCs, I mean, the big thing was who can beat the Gremlins. That was the big thing. Now, yeah, that was it, right? They were, I don't know if you guys are F1 fans, but they were, or they are, they're Max Verstappen in a Red Bull. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know that anybody was going to beat them. I really didn't. No. No. And the fact that, you know, they did what they did, it surprises me, but it doesn't surprise me. Well, Bear Creek did everything right. They beat them in the winner's bracket. And then set themselves up to only have to, to beat them again in the championship game. And the gremlins were going to have to be playing three games in a row. Right. And the gremlins did it, you know, and, and that offense is spectacular. I mean, what they did to Hill United now, again, Hill United's pitching staff was decimated by that point. Adam, uh, been nursing injuries for about three weeks. They didn't think that he was going to be able to pitch. Chapman was told by his doctor back in New Zealand to stop pitching and to come home. And he's probably potentially facing another surgery. So oh, wow. um, he, uh, you know, like he had back surgery December 2021, I think like almost a year ahead of the World Cup tournament. Okay. And, and then he had a flare up over the course of the summer. And so he obviously wasn't at 100% in the World Cup. And then, um, you know, try pitching up here, something flared up. He was told to come home. So by the time the world tournament started, he was on his way back home to New Zealand. Wow. So there was the workaround with Joran Graham. And that's why they picked up Juan Cotolicio because it didn't look like Adam was going to be healthy enough to throw. Right. Yeah. Juan did his job though. He did a great job. Yeah. Juan did what he could. And, and Joran Graham did what he could. Um, you know, uh, like we said off the top, they were going to go as far probably as Michael Hall Braddock could take them. He wasn't a hundred percent. I don't think anybody thought that they were going to lose the two games in the manner that they did. No, 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 that's so true. Was yeah. there, was yeah. there, uh, as far as surprises went in that tournament? I mean, was there any big surprise like JB finishing fifth? Well, JB getting beat, on opening day by Kurtz and having a drop That's down right. in the loser's bracket and then going on a run, that was an upset like we haven't seen in probably a decade. Um, you know, there were, I think, Oma Tigre getting knocked out where they did was probably a bit of an upset there. That, and that's the second year in a row for Oma, too. They've got uh, uh, a really good team. They just haven't been able to win a couple of key games to set themselves up for some further success at the world tournament. Mm. Um, and then obviously Bear Creek beating the gremlins on Thursday has to be considered an upset. And, you know, but, uh, and you, and you obviously you didn't want to have to run into the gremlins in the losers bracket, but a couple of teams did and, uh, and maybe finished a little bit lower than what they would have thought. But, Them's the breaks, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like I know, I know. Waterdown Hammer. We're not thrilled to have to play JB. <laughs> yeah, probably the, not uh, in the losers bracket. They they weren't counting on that. <laughs> no, no, that's true. And I mean, the thing Bear Creek can hang this, you know, on their like they're they beat New York twice this year, and that's yeah. And two losses. Although 
Cisco Sabate reminded me about this uh, at that tournament in Elkland. AWP was beating the Gremlins at two nothing, something like that, the third or third inning or something like that, and they ran out of daylight. That's right. Um, because if you haven't been to Elkland, they've only got lights on the one diamond. Yeah. <laughs> and now that that game didn't mean anything in the standings, so they never resumed it. But Cisco sent me a text, and I said that the only team that beat uh, the Gremlins this year was was uh, was Bear Creek, and he, he was laughing when he said it. So let's not, <laughs> you know, no, nobody should take this serious. Uh, but uh, he, he, I think AWP was claiming that as a win too. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Now I got to talk about uh, Cole Evans in the playoffs. Was just lights out. Yeah, no shit, Randy. That is a, um, I, I'm trying to think if there is even a, a witty retort to that. No, there isn't. <laughs> there I mean, isn't. He was unbelievable. He just, he became a different person on Thursday. And, and I wouldn't say he put that team on his back necessarily, but every time he came up, he seemed to come up with a clutch hit. And, and he got, I, I was just doing some stats for the guy that he got six of his 10 hits on the final two days. And he got, I think three of his five home runs in the final two days. It was just an unreal display. Plus he plays almost flawless defense. It is, it's a treat to watch him play shortstop. Oh, it 100%. Is. Yeah, he's not bad. <laughs> he's, he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. He was um, that secret guy that never came over for the longest time. Remember we have had him on the show and we're like, where are you going? Like, remember yeah, that's right too. That whole time. Then the, gr- the gremlins get him and Jack. Yeah. 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 Well, the Gremlins, I mean, the Gremlins had a deal with him for a couple of years, but he was finishing his apprenticeship. I think he's an electrician. Okay. Yeah. And he was finishing his apprenticeship and he needed to get that completed before he could come over and spend the summers over here. Six weeks at least, anyway, whatever it is. Yeah. And and so that that was done. And um, and he came up for 22, I guess, was his first year. Last year was his first year. Yep. And, and didn't have a great world tournament. He'd probably be the first guy to tell you that. But he didn't even start that well this tournament. Now, the good thing with the Gremlins is they've got so many other guys that, that can pick he up doesn't stuff, have yeah. to carry that team. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you look at the line, you have Ben Anoka, Matty Waugh, Jerome. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's top to bottom. The lineup is stacked. Yeah. And, I mean, Cole hits six or seven. So, he's not expected to to carry a team. But you look at the championship team. I mean, they're down one nothing. They've got one hit off a of Cleary. And they're not even moving the ball. They're just hitting tappers on the infield, really. I don't think anybody had even hit a ball hard. And then he smoked one. Mm, I guess and he did. tied up the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a rocket. Oh, he crushed it, and and it was a changeup too. So he timed it up and and mashed it, and that changed the game. Now you know Sean wasn't feeling well; his his legs weren't there. He came out and Scope came on. Now, I don't know how many people know that Scope was sick all week. He didn't even go to the park a couple of days because he was sick all week. Yep. And he clearly didn't have it. No. And it was not his best showing. He'll be the first guy to admit that. And he atoned for it at the Canadians. He pitched his ass off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
He still wasn't feeling well at Canadians either, to be honest. He had said he lost 20 pounds, which he doesn't pitch well when he loses 20 pounds. I mean, he no, tried. No, no, it throws you. Think about anybody losing 20 pounds. Yeah. I can attest to this. It throws your balance off. Yeah, for uh, sure. Your, your entire rhythm is off because it's yeah. not what you're used to. Yeah. Yeah. He tried to make that weight up in a hurry, though, when we were away, like at Wendy's and stuff. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, when I was talking to you on the phone, when you were out there, you said he was throwing in the high 70s, which. Yeah. That was what he was averaging yeah, in the seventies, which is not him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little below his his peak. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. And you know, but I, I was impressed with the way he came back in the sixth and the seventh, and he gave up a home run to Romy. But yeah, um, he he did shut them down. Other than that, so yeah. I was impressed that he had the, the the intestinal fortitude to come out and pitch the sixth. So a lot of guys would have said, fuck it. Yeah. I, I don't have it. Get somebody else out there. Yeah. That big bastard doesn't have any quit in him. No, so there's no way he's like, no. He no. absolutely does not. No. No. Um, Blair, I got to ask you about, uh, you know, some of the guests you had up there in the, in the play-by-play with you. Cause I let Maddie Palazzo friend of the show was up there with you. And yeah. I got to say, he might have a, you know, future in the, in the industry. He was fantastic. You know what? He did a great job. Um, and, and so did Donnie. So Atkinson. did Donnie. Um, yes. I called those guys late afternoon because if you remember the sequence, we were scheduled to do the ISC two championship game. And then we got the rain. Rain, yeah. And it was going to be, and it ended up being about a three and a half hour delay. And it was, the decision was made around 4 p.m., I want to say, to move the ISC2 championship game to another diamond. And and I hated like hell for that to happen, but it was absolutely the right decision. Mm-hmm. And, and we ended up having the, a stream set up over there, courtesy of the Oma TV race. And, and thank you again to those guys for, for doing that. They weren't in any way involved with the game, but they, they did it as a, as a courtesy. And so Joe, who is the tournament director for the IC two division was going to have to go to the IC two championship game up in Denmark. And, uh, you know, the games are tough enough to do solo. And Maddie has always said, listen, if you need somebody to come, I yeah. will be there in a heartbeat. So I texted Maddie and, and it took him about a quarter second to reply yes. <laughs> and I texted Donnie Atkinson, who has, has kind of mentioned a couple of times, hey, if there's ever a spot, can we uh, can we do that? So uh, I texted Donnie and said, can you come in for the late game? And, and he said, absolutely. So uh, we, um, you know, we kind of did that on the fly and it was, uh, oh. it worked out great. Both it, those guys are fantastic guys. Definitely worked out. It was, oh, it's just, you know, it's just something, f- fresh voices. You know what I mean? Like different, yeah, exactly. different perspectives. You know, I, I do long for the days when we had more crew, uh, when we had Kyle and Chris and, right. and others yeah. and we were rotating things around. Cause I'm sure people get sick of me and Joe. Uh, well, not Joe, but I'm sure they get sick of me. And and I, I honestly, I'd love a break too to not have to do 25 games in uh, yeah, in my seven God. days. So. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Actually, one thing when the game that you and Maddie did, you had uh, the coach of the New Zealand Blue Sox team, Auckland team, that was up there. Oh yeah, that yeah. was quite a you know, kudos to them for coming over. That's quite a story. Yeah, they uh, they've been planning that for about a year and a half, I think, and. Uh, just tremendous people, uh, Ricky and, and Megan Early. I, I uh, can't say enough good things about them. 
And, uh, you know, that, that team that came in, they played in the U21 tournament. They played in ISC. They played ISC2. I think, what did they say they got? They got over a dozen games or 14, 15 games. Because I know they played some exhibition games prior yep. to. And the same with the uh, the Australian team. They played in the in the USA National Tournament. They played some exhibition games. They played in the U21 tournament. They didn't play in the World Tournament. But um, they got their money's worth for the trip as well. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, getting that many games in that many days, I mean, it's definitely worth the trip. And the fact that, you know, the Blue Sox pulled out a win at the World Tournament. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's huge for them. You know, they get to go back back to New Zealand and say, hey, we won a game at the World ISC. So That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, One thing I have in my notes here, uh, I had a question for you. The Denny Brockett Memorial Humanitarian Award that went to Cheryl and Mike Skelton. Now, is that Andy's parents? It is. Oh, okay. I was, yeah. I was Two of the absolute best people in the game. Is uh, that right? Andy and Cody, obviously, are brothers. Yep. And uh, and Mike and Cheryl are their uh, their mom and dad. And uh, I, I can't think of two more deserving people for that award. Uh, Denny was uh, was was close to all the Gremlins guys. I knew Denny a little bit, and, and I uh, I would be uh, proud to call him a ballpark friend. But obviously, he's really close with uh, with Greg and uh, Greg Leather, Greg Hicks, and Parm, right. and uh, and all of the Gremlins guys, and, and a lot of other folks. Too. I mean, Denny was in the game for over fifty years. Uh, so for Cheryl and Mike to uh, to be this year's recipients of it, uh, I can't think of, of two better people. And then the success that they had. This year, um, you know, ISCs, they had a good ISC, but both of their teams won the, the divisions at the Canadians. Just fabulous cap uh, of the season for them. That's nice. That's yeah, awesome. For sure. That's awesome. Um, Hall of Fame inductions this, this past year. Who uh, who all went in there? Uh, well, we had a, um, a player from the 1950s uh, and 60s, um, Richard Helmuth who uh, was with the Danuba Condors. They were a team that competed against the Long Beach Nighthawks back in the day. They were kind of like the uh, the Washington Nationals compared to the Harlem Globetrotters. They always <laughs> finished second to the Nighthawks. Uh, but he was a great player on that Danuba Nighthawks team. Um, he went in. Todd Quashman, who played for the farm, amongst others, uh, was inducted. Uh, Dean Kane, who has been the business manager for the Circle Top Dukes for 20-odd years, the commissioner in the ISC for the last few years, he went in in the manager category, super deserving candidate. Was, I mean, it's his hometown. He was super emotional about it. Uh, it was just great to see for Dean Kane. And um, uh, Bob Nidick, Dr. Bob from uh, the Gremlins, was the recipient of the, uh, the Bob Welby Award. He gave one of the funniest speeches we've heard. And if, if you get a chance, take a listen to the interview we did with Dr. Bob. That was only the stuff that we could do. Not that we have rules on air necessarily, but, uh, <laughs> but we, did keep, try, we try to keep it PG for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was, those are the stories we could tell at least anyway. But it's, uh, he, he's such a, a witty guy and a smart guy, great storyteller. So uh, awesome. it's a real good uh, deserving uh, recipients of the Hall of Fame honors this year. And we got some great guys that are going to be going in next year too. Donnie Hale, uh, Robbie Schwire, super happy to oh, Robbie. Robbie. So talk to him at the Canadians. Um, uh, Brent Stevenson, who was with the, those great Decatur teams back in the 80s. That one's probably long overdue for Brent. 
and then Jeff Goulagong as well. Will wow, be that's and a then big, Brad Rona, who was nominated uh, for the Hall last year but couldn't make it for this year's induction ceremony. So uh, we're hoping that Brad's going to be able to make it over, or we can make some arrangements for Brad for uh, for Vancouver next year. Wow. And then um, Craig Donaldson, who uh, was uh, one of our uh, IFC commissioners and was the head of the world tournament for, for several years, who uh, unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. It's Vancouver's his hometown, and uh, we'll have his family there. Okay, wow, that's, uh, that's a big class for next year. Holy cow, wow. Yeah, so it'll be six people next year, um, but uh, big names. Yeah, it'll be a great uh, it'll be a great ceremony for sure. Absolutely. Um, one thing I got to touch on before you know we get to the Canadian Senior Men's. I know we talked we talked about Jack before, but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the last eight months that this kid has had because it's been ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> I, um, you look at, I mean, the, the U23 is a, is a new innovation on the, the WBSC scene, but he's won everything there is to win right now, including, like, he's, he's the men's world champion on both the national side as well as the club side. He's a U23 champion. He's an Australian national champion. I don't know where his Japan league team is, but that would be something to add. Yeah. I mean, what do you do for an encore? Like, not only that, not only is, you know, it's one thing to be on the team, to, to, but to pitch the final of these games. As a 19-year-old. Yeah. As a 19-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, if there were nerves there, I didn't see it. I mean, I know uh, Palmer, I hit the third pitch out of the park, but he came back and struck out the side. So. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Like, yeah, it's not even words anymore. Like, it's just no, I mean, I mean, it's it's funny. He was. I, I was. I was at the park Friday night. I was watching the finals of that twenty-one and under tournament with uh, with a very good young Czech team, by the way. And he's got a, a sweater over his shoulders, and, and he's got his glasses on, and he's he's walking through the park with Laddie Mallerzuk and a couple of other younger guys from the Gremlins, and. I don't think anybody gave the kid a second look. Andrew Kirkpatrick, Adam Falker, they can't walk five feet at a ballpark without somebody stopping them and want to take a picture or say hi or do something. Right. And, and Jack just walked through the crowd, and, and I turned to Joe, and I said, there goes the best picture in the world. Nobody even knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's crazy. Wow. That's awesome. Can't wait to talk to him. It's going to be fun. Damn it. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's get to the uh, Canadian Senior Men's. Because, I mean, we have a lot of involvement here, you know, of course, with the Mastodons. Uh, from your side of yeah, things. Yeah, for the final, listen, the, the Canadians to the final was terrible. I don't know why anybody even wants to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. what a terrible <laughs> final. I mean, 15 <laughs> innings, one nothing. Yeah. I mean, 15 innings. Hope he touched uh, on it in the, just, in the intro. Okay. Uh, can I just say, unbelievable pitching performances yeah. from both guys. I mean, it was. It was a treat to watch. You know, Peter and I were bummed that we didn't get to call it. And especially there's the way that the game turned out. But for what those two guys did, and I honestly thought the game might never end. Wow. Actually, I got a question. Does the international rule not apply in? Not in the final. Okay. Apparently it does not apply in the final, which nobody knew other than Scott McLaren, who's the uh, the deputy UIC for Softball Canada. 
Because the PA actually announced it. They said, yeah, Will will be going to the international rule. And he stuck his head in the booth where Peter and I happened to be standing. And he said, "Uh, no, we don't do that at the championship game. And I said, really? He said, yeah, we don't do it at the championship game. I I thought the ISC was the only people stupid enough to not have the uh, (laughs) rule. But uh, no, they don't have it in the championship game either. And 15 innings later, I looked at Mike Branchill and I said, do we have a quorum here where we could get a rule change? (laughs) Yeah, really, though. And the fact that it ended on inside the park from Mason McKay is just unreal. What a a crazy ending, too. I mean, Cody almost ended it. Cody Skelton almost ended that game in the 13th inning. They had runners on the corners and he smashed one right back up the middle. And Sean knocked it down and he had to go pick it up and then he threw a seed and he, they got Cody at first by an eyelash. Wow. wow. So it was almost over in the 13th. Yeah. And then I know the feed went on in the 14th for perhaps an inning. And the softball Canada guy set up that feed. And, and I guess when they set it up, they, they have to put in a time for how oh, long right. I think the feed is going to be on. I have no idea exactly. I don't know. I wasn't. But he put in four hours. <laughs> uh, of course, the game's going to be over in four hours. It should be. And that's why the feed went down because because they timed out after four hours. Right. So we got it. They got it back up right away, and uh, I, I think people missed a few pitches. And uh, you know, we we talked about why we couldn't cover it, but uh, you know, I'm glad that people got to see that game because in person it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to give hats off, you know, to you and Peter on your calls during that tournament because oh. sitting here at home and of course you guys at the hotel would probably. Oh, we were. Yeah, for sure. And just you and Peter were fantastic together. It was just, it was awesome to listen to. Well, I, I thank you for that. I, Peter, the preparation that this guy puts in, um, you know, he, he's been in broadcasting for 40 years and it shows. Yeah. And you know, he has reams and reams of notes on all the teams and the stats. And and it's interesting because I learned a few things about there, there's some people who have taken the time to rescore the Canadians and, and put them into some stats program. And I guess they've done the same thing at the IC World Tournament apparently. Oh, wow. Uh, um, I've got access to all the world tournament stats. I, I didn't even know that this stuff was available for the Canadians. So Peter's opened my eyes to that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know the players personally and I can relate the stories and stuff. And then Peter comes with all that stat stuff. It's just you know, working with him was just a real treat. Yeah. yeah. Like he was relaying stuff from, you know, the Canada games for the guys and, and that, you know, that played the Canada games. And I was like, how was he getting the stuff? Yeah, and then I, that's good. I think he, I think he said it was mystats.com or something like that. Well, that's where all the the Canadians stuff has been dumped into. Okay, uh, there's mystats.com. Yeah, I uh, I, I subscribe to it. You find now. all the Canadian <laughs> stats going all the way back to 2011, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I don't worry about how he got the Canada game stuff. I presume that maybe it's in Game Changer. I honestly don't know. Not sure, but but he had it. Hey. And that's preparation. Exactly. That, that is dedicated. That's the kind of stuff that Peter Labardius brings. And yes. Like I said, what a treat to work with. Absolutely. And, I mean, and we we were driving back and forth to the tournament. We went out for lunch one day uh, during the rain delay and everything. And uh, uh, just just a super, super guy. And, and it turns out he lives 10 minutes down the road from me. What? That right? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Actually, I just yeah, found- He lives in Mississauga. He, he, you know, he works out in Calgary. uh 
with the Flames color broadcast uh, for for their games. But uh, uh, his summer home is here in Mississauga. And uh, so we're going to be going out for dinner uh, in a couple of weeks. He's just started a new job as a, uh, a cross-check scout for the Flames or a regional yep. scout or something like that with the Flames. So, yep. uh, But he's going to be based here in Ontario. So that that's very helpful for him. I just awesome. The funny thing is, you just mentioned that. I just found out because we have him coming on the podcast here in October. And yeah. when I was, you know, texting back and forth with him, I was like, so are you on Central or Mountain Time? He's like, actually, I'm on Eastern. I'm in Mississauga. And I was like, oh. Okay, Perfect. I didn't know you were in Ontario, so that works yeah. out even better. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, we found that out when we, because he came and did a couple of games with us in Simcoe. And, oh, okay. and that was the first time I got to meet him in person. And he's like, I, I said, like, did you just fly in to watch the tournament? He says, no, man, I just drove over from Mississauga. <laughs> you could have come with me. That's, that's awesome. what I just did. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, a couple other things from the senior Nats there, Blair we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Ty Sebastian's performance. Cause it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, you know what, oh, he, yeah. what he did from a pitching standpoint was unreal. Yeah. And hitting. Yeah. And hit. Yeah, exactly. Like he deserved every accolade he got. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's, he's done it on one side or the other, uh, up until last year. And then he's been doing it on, on both sides of the game the last couple of years and he's, he might be the best Canadian player right now from an all around perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Between him and, you know, Quinton's up there as well. You know, he had, Quinton, a- Quinton is, uh, Quinton's had a phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, couple of years too. And you're absolutely right. He should be in that conversation. Unfortunate injury there going over the fence at Nats. I mean, Ooh, yeah. Oh gosh. That replay was, I, I talked to him on, Tuesday after the tournament, and, and he said uh, uh, he actually had a very similar injury in the past, and he said he'll be healed up fairly quick. So uh, oh, good. he's uh, he's not going to miss any significant time here. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, was yeah. was there a point during the tournament that you thought Patty Burns might never get out? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? He certainly played himself right back into uh, consideration for the national team, didn't he? I mean, Peter and I were, we we did a couple of the Grand Prairie games and we're tracking the stats and we're like, you know, he's just, he's like 12 for 12 right now or something insane like that. He was ridiculous. And uh, yeah, it was, it was great. Like that team, other than when they play Toronto, that team hits the shit out of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Like, man, they were, uh, I mean, the game against you guys, Hopi, the yeah. Bastons, and that 2-1 game, I mean, that would have been the only Well, Scope pitches nuts Skull off that game. really well. Was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Scope threw a great game there. Um, and it's unfortunate that uh, we couldn't cover all the games. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's a game I would have loved oh, to have done. That was yeah. so fun to watch. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I had to watch it from Game Changer, but I mean, still, I mean, you could tell what was going on, but... Yeah, it was. That would have been one. You know, if hearing you and Peter call that game, that would have been awesome. Yeah, I think Scof. Uh, Randy and I kind of touched on it earlier too. Like Grand Prairie, they're no slouch as far as the team goes. And when we yeah. ran into them, I was a little nervous, obviously, because it's a playoff game for us. But Scope had 19 strikeouts that game. Like that guy was just crazy good that game. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's one of the best complete games that he's thrown and. Uh, 
I don't know how you guys got out of the ninth there. I thought when they loaded the bases, oh shit, yeah, you guys were uh, were up Shit's Creek, but yeah. no, you got out of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw the play or not, but the or maybe it wasn't that play. There was a there was a play where there was a chopper with a runner on third and second, I believe to our shortstop and when the, the guy on third took off the plate he kind of stumbled a bit and that yes. stumble allowed yeah. Rowan to throw the guy out at the plate that saved the game I think that might have been in the yeah ninth, it actually. did and, yeah. and I yeah I thought he either got a bad break or he slipped or something I, yeah. I couldn't tell but I I was locked out from that but I saw the play at the plate you guys had him at the plate oh gosh yes yes right. for sure for sure I was worried though we were going to get called for obstruction because we had called for obstruction against uh, Saskatchewan on that almost the very same play uh, and the same umpire called obstruction on us, and we had that same umpire in that last game. So, but anyway, it worked yeah. out for us. No, that's good. And, and, yeah, uh, it was fun. and it was interesting. There was a potential obstruction play in one of the playoff games too, and it was it was late, I think, on Saturday night. And and we had a bit of a debate about it on the air, but but Scott McLaren uh, really explained it well that you know, if the throw takes the catcher and he's going to go get the ball. And it takes the, him into the running lane. Yeah. The way they want it interpreted is that that's not obstruction. Right. Right. But if the catcher sets up camp there before the throw is even in the vicinity, yeah. then that's what they want called for obstruction. Yes, so of I, I don't know what your play was, but. Uh, well, that was my um, argument with that umpire was the ball did take our catcher, which was Patrick Stewart at the time. The ball did yeah. take our catcher into the runner. But he said, no, he camped in front, but it was clear where the footprints were that it wasn't. But anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get too far into that because we can't argue with yeah. umpires because we need <laughs> <No>. them. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and honestly, I, I prefer that interpretation. It, it's different from other interpretations where it's pretty black and white that if the catcher gets into the lane, then they're going to call it. But I actually yeah. prefer what the Softball Canada guys are trying to do there. Yeah, I do too. I do too, for sure. Because it allows for the play to develop and yeah. it allows really for the players ultimately to be the ones to determine how the play goes. That's right. As long as it's consistent, I do agree with it. Yes. Yeah. But sometimes it's not as consistent as it should be. No, I, I, I fully agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. The same as the plate is not 27 inches wide. It's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, uh, I know. I hear you on that one too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but listen, hope you guys have got some great players on that team. You know, we talked about Nick White, Rowan Sears, but Brody Fraser, David Watson, and, and your son Jake, and uh, the Woodworth kid, Braden Woodworth. And I know I'm missing some guys, but yeah, for sure. man, you've got some real good players there. I I really appreciate that. We're really looking forward to the future, and that's kind of what our like going into this tournament. And I talked a bit about it in the uh, opening there. Going into this, we didn't expect to win this tournament by any means. This was more of an experience for the young guys to face the big guys. We're going to play against mm-hmm. the best teams in the in the country, and it worked out well for us. We were one game away from playing on Sunday, which was our goal, and uh, our future to me looks very bright, and I'm super excited about it. Not to yeah, I, and I'm hoping that these guys are going to continue to come up and play in the tournament circuit and get that exposure and get bigger and bigger opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd like to get more involved, obviously, with more guys playing, but uh, well, we'll see how this yeah. thing, or the spring lays out for us and kind of go from there. Well, actually, I wanted to talk to you too. Um, we could do it off the air probably, but we want to attend a few more tournaments next summer, not just CARP, but maybe attend something in Kingston area or something like that. But you and I could talk about that offline. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll figure out it, uh, what's going to be held, and yeah, I mean, you know, there's uh, there's an open invitation. You guys want to come to Mitchell? 
you're, you'll be more than welcome. Although that might take away some of your players from other teams. So maybe that's not the best one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, we'll have to have a look at it, but yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I got another question about the uh, senior Nats before we move on here, Blair, when uh, Bear Creek beat Galway there in that double life game. And then Galway was doing their thing. Did you think we were, <laughs> it was almost a replay of ISCs? Um, I thought it might go that way, but again, our, our little chat group, we, we all had Galway, Galway or Galway rather. I should say that Galway, properly, yeah. we did get corrected on that, but Galway, Galway and Toronto was our consensus. And that, that Galway team not built for three games in one day. No, no. I have never seen Ryan Bowman look so exhausted as I did Sunday night. Right. I think in about the 12th or 13th inning, there was a play at first, and he stood up at the end of the inning. I honestly thought he was just going to fall right over. Yeah. He looked exhausted. And I mean, Ryan's a warrior, as we all know. Big time. And I, I have no higher respect for anybody in the game than I do with Ryan. And I just thought, man, this guy's dead on his feet. And if he's dead on his feet, how are the rest of them feeling? I, I talked to Ty Sebastian afterwards, and he's like, I got to go and lay down. He said, I am just completely done. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how much longer those guys could have gone. Um, I know they had Walsh start to warm up, and I think the 14th or something like that. Jesus Toronto wasn't warming up anybody. No, but, no. Uh, <laughs> well, the funny thing is, the thing about Ty was uh, just a little side note here. The video I posted of them winning, like on social media and stuff, I posted at 10 o'clock Sunday morning here, Atlantic time, which would have been six o'clock Pacific time. And Ty liked it. And I saw he liked (laughs) it. So they were either up all night or they were going to an airport, to to the airport. He was on his way to the airport. I sent him a text right away. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, how are you not dead right now? Like, holy cow. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't even look at a ball for a week. No. We we actually flew home with the noose and they look pretty exhausted. I'll tell you. (laughs) It was was tough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw most of them leaving the park, and yeah. uh, they could barely carry the ball bags. Yeah. It was and just an exhausting. And, and don't forget, I mean, they played basically the equivalent of four games yeah, on, exactly. on Sunday. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. Now, after seeing how the senior Nats went off there at Softball City, how uh, how much are you looking forward to the ISC Worlds being there? Yeah, it's Oh, what a what a great facility! I mean, Hopi, um, you know, you and I didn't get to spend much time together, and right. uh, we'll have to wait till Randy comes around to collect on all those beers he's going to <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, it's it's a fabulous place. I think uh, you know they've done a great job putting together just a masterful facility there. The uh, the restaurant, the upper deck, the uh, the diamonds themselves. I heard some concerns about the lights and and maybe they can get them clean because they had all the forest fire smoke this year, which obviously collects on things like ballpark lights and maybe repoint it a little bit. Um, They're not the LED lights. They are the older style uh, lights, which again, I'm going by the reaction of the players and apparently the scoreboards and, and hopefully you, you'd be able to comment on this better than I. Oh, can. diamond three apparently scoreboard. The, the, yeah. the scoreboards, a couple of them are right in the eye line of the batters. Yeah, for sure. 
with really bright lights, like brighter than the lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you can see them from space kind of. Right <laughs> yeah. Now, so I did talk to Randy a bit about the lights, uh, the situation. I loved the ballpark. There, it was second. Yeah. No ballpark I've been to, but the lights, like even coaching third base, like if somebody had a ball in the dirt, all you saw was dust. You couldn't see the ball. Like it was just that dark. Like guys were complaining. They couldn't see spins coming in. So it had to be tough. Mm. Yeah. So I, I I know that conversation is uh, is being had with the softball city folks, and yeah. they're very open to um, you know what they can do to make the experience for the players the best that it can be. Yep, for sure. And I'm sure that um, you know nobody's going to say, "Hey, go spend two point one million dollars on <laughs> no. an LED lights." No, no, no. But if you can do something like cleaning and pointing for yeah whatever it is, yeah, uh, maybe that's something that can be done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely beautiful though. Unbelievable. Yeah, but it's I mean the the, the setting of the place, you know, oh. it's been carved out of the forest. It, it's, yeah, it's it's as gorgeous, gorgeous as it looks on TV. Yeah, it is gorgeous. That's awesome. Blair, one thing I did mention too earlier was um just not complaining about Salt Ball City by any means, because I did love it. But the the attraction for families to come and watch ball games. If you're looking to put asses in the seats for ISCs, obviously something has to take place with the prices of the concession stands. I don't know if you've heard the complaint, but like I heard it all week from different people saying, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's $7 for a friggin' hot dog. Like you can't bring kids to a ballpark for $7 hot dogs when you know if you're bringing your family to a ballpark to watch a ball game, they're going to want a hot dog. To put asses in the seats, you got to sell and, and cater to the the people that are coming to watch the ball games. Because that's one thing I did yeah, recognize. I agree. And, and yeah, the, I, I think that's uh, that's very valid feedback. And again, I think the uh, the softball city people will hear that. Yeah, yeah, uh, good, good. I, I, I'm hopeful that uh, that those are some of the adjustments that they can make. It's, yeah. it's the first time they've run a men's tournament there. In fact, I, I was talking to Sean Cleary, and he said they played there on their tour in 2017 prior to going up to Whitehorse. All right. But I think that's the only men's game they ever actually have had there. And it's the first time they've run a Canadian national tournament, obviously at that facility, it'll be the first time for the world tournament. And I'm sure there were some lessons learned and I'm sure the feedback that's coming in from, from the teams and the fans and everything else will be taken to heart. Yep. That's awesome. Well, I'm sure Maddie, Maddie Vanny wants to listen to this right now saying, taking notes. And <laughs> I think, yeah. And Rich Haldane, of course, did yeah. a great job with all of that as well. But, uh, those yeah, guys Rich, Rich is kind of our, our, um, go between. Yeah. With, uh, with the, with the group that softball said, so, and listen, Greg Tim and Brian Eric, yep. uh, yep. did a great, great job in, in bringing in the Canadians and, uh, you know, they, did a, they did a fantastic job. The grounds crew was great. I actually had one of the grounds crew uh, come up to me, and he asked if I could give him some links to videos from the World Tournament in Denmark where if we had gone on air early and the grounds crew, you know, sometimes the camera comes on, the ground crew is out yeah. there driving oh, yeah, around yeah. doing yeah. stuff. He wanted links to those videos so he could see what they were doing. Oh wow, that's fantastic! Good yeah. on him. Good so on that's him, the though. that's the kind of dedication and preparation that they're putting into it. Yeah, so, that's great. Uh, I sent him a couple of links that uh, where where I knew that we had had done that, gone up early, and the grounds crew was still out. So yeah. I am hopeful that they're going to hear everybody on the prices at the parks. Yeah, obviously it's it's you know it's a, it's a not it's not a cheap place to to fly to or to no. stay at. I will say that Airbnbs and Verbos should be what teams are looking at. Yeah, 
And um, for the U.S. teams, guys, fly to Seattle. You don't don't fly to the Vancouver airport. Fly to Seattle. It's a, it's a two and a half hour drive from Seattle. You, you stay within your country for flying, which is a heck of a lot cheaper than flying yeah, in really yeah. Canada. Good point. And for the Canadian teams, fly from your regional airport to Abbotsford. Abbotsford. Yeah, I heard <laughs> the same. Yeah, right. Uh, that's what I sense. did. I flew yeah. out of the Waterloo Airport going out there. And, and into Abbotsford and then from Abbotsford, it actually came back to Toronto, but it was way cheaper than trying to fly into Vancouver. And it's honestly, it's, it's equidistant. It was 40 minutes from the Abbotsford airport to the park. There you go. Yeah. So, perfect. And, and the Vancouver airport's no closer. No. So there are options to, to penny pinch a little bit yeah. on the travel. Yeah. We actually, uh, our team stayed in Langley, which was, uh, depending on traffic, it was about a 30 minute drive. Uh, with traffic, we were 45 to 50 minute drive, but we saved a pile of money by staying in Langley just because of hotel. Yeah, there you go. I mean, and with the world tournament, you're playing one game a day. If you get into the deuce, you're playing two, Yeah. but you're going to be at the park the majority of your day. So, you know, you, you make that 40, 50 minute drive, once on the way in and once on the way home. It's not like you're going back and forth. No, that's right. Yeah. No, it was well worth it. We saved a lot of money. So that's the main yeah. thing. <laughs> that's all. Okay. Well, Blair, man, I got to thank you for coming on. What a great way to start back up doing a summer recap. You know, as always, you have a wealth of knowledge in the game and, you know, for you to take the time and come, back, come on again. I really appreciate that. Well, listen, it's, it's always a pleasure getting to chat with you guys. Uh, great summer for the game. And, and I'm glad that you guys are back after that uh, much-deserved and well-earned break. Um, <laughs> I do want to plug my uh, Ontario Challenge Cup tournament in a couple of weeks in Chepstow. Yep. September okay. 22nd to the 24th. And, and, hey, there's still a whole bunch of ball being played. Um, Randy, I felt your pain when you posted the picture of the, the diamond getting rained out the other night. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's too bad. But uh, I know you guys have still got your league playoffs going. There's a whole bunch of uh, leagues here in Ontario still playing and uh, and elsewhere. And, hey, I just saw that there's going to be a World Cup qualifier in November on uh in uh, American Samoa, I'm sure that'll be broadcast. I'm sure uh, Chopper will have something worked out for that. Cool. Yep. You know, before you know it's going to be January, it will be the Winter Classic will be upon us, and then hopefully get a chance to do that with Luciano. So. That's right. Sweet. That's right too. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna I gotta get on Luciano, but uh, I see Hilly and Lolly got their podcast being plugged during the ISC World Tournament. Like, well, they obviously played for something. <laughs> get some money out of your pocket. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Ask him. Uh, Father-in-law to lend us We can money. talk after. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, okay Blair. Gotta, oh, wait, wait. Oh, come, whoa, you got more. Blair, we'll see you next Tuesday because you're coming down here. Yes. Um, you, uh, you're you around. I think Randy's not. No, Randy I am. Around. I'm Randy, here Tuesday. I'm here Tuesday. Now. Yes, I just right. found well, out today. We'll, uh, maybe we'll record a coda to, uh, to this one. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, we'll definitely have to sit down and have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you bet. All right. Okay, Blair. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. Blair, do not call back, Blair. Do not call back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for those that don't know, the last time we had it, Blair called back, and I do a little editing, but... uh, (laughs) Anyway. Great episode. Lots lots of information there from the summer, and, you know, lots of insight from Blair, because he knows the game better than (sighs) anybody in Canada here. Yeah. Well, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. What's your takeaway? 
from any of this? Uh, it was long, I felt, but I think it was all the That's because we did a half an hour <laughs> intro. <laughs> I'm just joking. It's just close to my bedtime. Um, no, I was, I'm, of course, very excited to have Blair on. Um, I love what he does for the game, obviously. I think that having these connections is really gainful for especially myself with coaching the senior Mastodons yep. because Blair has so many connections, like even mm-hmm. talking about playing in a tournament or two in Ontario next summer That's right. or getting guys on different teams that are looking for guys. Cause having him is, it's just a wealth of knowledge, obviously for the game, but also for connect- connections. Yeah, yep. it's good. No, definitely. No, I really enjoy having him on all the time. And uh, I think his podcast now will be more than what Lolly was on or am I wrong? I think they might be on the same level. Fuck. We got to get Blair back on then. <laughs> Speaking of, you sent me that picture of Hilly and Lolly. They were both hungover, fucking flashing me the finger. Yeah. Yeah. I got to talk to them a little bit, but not a whole lot. Just when we're playing against them, but Uh, they're beauties. Right on. Yep. Uh, Other than that, uh, I'm I'm excited that this is, uh, we're back at it. And definitely speaking about tournaments. Yeah. We should probably plug Tidefest next year. Actually, yeah. So our goal for next year, we, we've we met with our major sponsor, Shooter's Bar and Grill Fast Pitch League, major sponsor, our Shooter's... Shooter's Bar and <laughs> Grill. East Dance, Shooter's Bar and Grill, Mastodon's sponsor. Anyway, um, they really want, after us going to CARP this year and, and coming home with a little bit of money in our pocket, which was great, obviously, they want us to host Tidefest next year with maybe three teams from Ontario... Uh, the team from New Brunswick, which is Tameth, which they're potentially looking at getting into the senior circuit, like to actually join mm-hmm. Canadian Nationals, which is fantastic for ball. And then our team uh, and offering up prize money. And we're talking somewhere in the realm of 10 grand in total. Right. Um, that'll be all sponsor based. You will have an entry fee, of course, to pay to get into the tournament. Um, but that will go towards facilitating for umpires and, and field usage and all that. But we're looking to actually do something on a bigger scale, kind of like what CARP held last year, because we really enjoyed going to CARP, yep. not just for the money purposes, but actually to, get to play against somebody different. And not to mention, you know, we go there. Why not you come here? Yeah. So teams like Grand Valley and Mixburg who have came down or we went up there, sorry, and played against those guys to come here would be very beneficial and also to promote the sport in our community. And for those teams that would be like, the crowds would be huge. Like if they would, if we, yes, if we were to get, if some we were to get this, yeah. like it would be huge for the community and yeah. like not just, you know, we'd have this, of course we'd have the intermediate side as well. Yeah. And that's going to bring more people, more out. people in. And it, it, it's a big opportunity, I think for us to uh, grow the game in Nova Scotia and for yeah. people to come see what we have down here. That's right. Yeah. So we'll have to, of course, work on There's it. There's plans on the work. Yeah, yeah over the winter. Some, definitely, yeah, we'll definitely be in gonna... touch with some teams. But if you are interested, obviously, like, you know, the Axemen or Alveston or whomever, yeah. Mixburg and Grand Valley. And yeah. yeah, anyway, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Not to mention, you can win some prize money. <laughs> That's right. All right, Hobie. Well, okay, buddy. We got uh, Patty Burns is going to be coming on in a couple of weeks. <sighs> Jesus. He's we probably got... still hitting balls somewhere. Yeah. We got uh, Blaine Milheim coming on in a couple of weeks nice. after that. So Peter Lubertius, we got a good lineup. I got do, like yeah. six weeks lined up. I have some girls from the Texas Smoke, WPF champions coming on. A nice. uh, couple couple from there. And uh yeah. So it's it's shaping up to be a good winner. Yeah, here. we're going hard. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh again. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. Follow us on all the social media platforms at outside the shoot, all one word. We're on everything. Uh, Hopey. Keep loving the best game on earth. Yes, sir. Take care, bro. Take care. See ya.
I'm taking time off from the acting. I gotta relax. I need a new beat. Yo, for stroll, I got a few treats. You been up in the city long? Nah, only two weeks. Cool. Well, sorry about the weather. It's been raining all week. I hope it gets a little better. Either way, class, listen. I got an ill vision by the song I'm working on. You think you got the right rhythm? Man, come on. You know I got some shit that'll break your neck. I used up what I want, but you can take what's left. Don't give me bullshit, dog. You know I blaze the set. You know you got something safe for West. I got an ill concept. Hip hop. How I paid a real long distance. What? 1987. I've been rapping in the ciphers in the sessions, and I'm still be getting stressed on the block. You know it's hard to be hip hop. And ain't nobody staying real. But don't pay bills when you showcase skill. Ain't nobody living off of doing windmills. A painting train rails, that's real. It's hard to be hip hop. Cause I don't pack steel, do my tracks appeal And to the mass appeal, watch a fast say fail Yeah, I'm hip-hop son until my casket's sealed It's hard in the culture when the fans are fickle to understand my issue, yo man will diss you One minute you're whack and then your jam's yeah. official And then they switch again, your bottles of cancer hit you First they loved LL, and then they hated them And then they loved them again, and they degraded them So lately, basically, I don't know if I can play to win Survival of the fittest, let me see what type of shape yo, I'm in Yo, when I was younger, like 19 I could spend all day writing rhyme schemes Spitting freestyle and cyphering the streets But now I got responsibilities, yo it's hard to be hip hop.